It's time for ROTD Weekend. One of the things that inspires me most in this world is when I am talking to somebody that I care about, a friend or a family member, and they are passionate about something, they are talented, creative, and great. It just fuels me and gets me excited about whatever it is they're doing, and it gets me wanting to dive into my things with even more passion and excitement. Do you know what I mean? Well, that is how I feel every single time that I talk to Jill Hoffman. Jill, I met from this whole culinary industry that I am part of, and we became friends, and we've been friends for years. And I tell you, she is ridiculously talented, and she is one of those people who, every single time I talk to her, I just feel inspired to do great things because she is doing such great things. And so I am delighted to have Jill on as a guest again on this show. This time we are talking about what makes her such an amazing recipe developer. How does she play with flavors? Where does all this ideating come from? And also a little bit about her background and how she got to this place in the first place. Now I know you're going to listen and you are going to want to find her online and find her books. You can do all of that. The links will be in the show notes. But what I love most is being a subscriber to her site. It is free. You sign up and you get her wonderful kitchen wisdom and recipes and so much. Head to jillhuff.com slash subscribe. Go do that right now. And then let's listen to this conversation between me and my talented friend, Jill Silverman Huff. Welcome back. Thank you, Christine. So much uh, fun to be here with you. Thanks for asking. I'm, I'm really happy that you're here too. And so what I really was hoping that we would talk about today is something that I've always admired about you. And that is, as a recipe developer, you really play a lot with flavor and things that are tasting really good. And they're often very unique. I think of like the cardamom and the lemon bars and there's a blue cheese and basil lamb burger. You've got these wonderful flavor profiles going on. So I definitely want to talk about that. But it occurred to me that you've been on this show a bunch of times. We've never talked about how you became a cookbook author, recipe developer, that trajectory. And so I know some of it, but I thought it'd be fun for people listening and for me to hear more of the story. So can you tell us how you got started? Cool. Cool. Well, thanks for asking. So uh, my short history is I started in advertising as an advertising copywriter. I worked at big agencies in New York and Los Angeles and San Francisco. And at some point, I decided I didn't want to do that anymore. And what I wanted to do was open a restaurant. Having never even worked in a restaurant, I decided this is what I was going to do with my life. And I eventually did. I opened, owned a little cafe in Sausalito, mm. California, which is just the northern end of the Golden Gate Bridge, adorable little community. And I had this little cafe for about five years. I often tell people it was the best five years of my life and the worst five years <laughs> of my life. But when I was complete with that and ready to do something else, I was sort of flailing around about what can I do now? And And then I got like, oh, wait, I'm a writer. I was a copywriter. I know how to express myself in words. And now I'm a food person. How can, and sort of like the the gods sang when I was like, I could be a food writer. 
So I started, you know, and obviously I had developed recipes at my cafe and I was an accomplished home cook before I decided to open this cafe. But then I started, so I started getting into food writing and I little by little started working. I got a little, I got a column in a newspaper and then that sort of graduated to working with magazines, which sort of graduated to writing cookbooks. So, you know, so it was really about loving food and then expressing myself as a writer and a kind of content and content creator. That's a goopy thing to say. That wouldn't have been a term anybody knew at the time. (laughs) But, and then also because of my advertising background, you know, a lot these days, as a recipe developer, I work with brands and as a, my advertising background sort of makes that a natural thing also to work with brands and understand that, you know, a, a recipe for them is not just a piece of content. Like it has to, it, it needs, wants to deliver a message about their product. Like it's a, it's a form of their marketing. So mm-hmm. um, also highlighting what's great about that and how to best highlight that sort of stuff. Yeah. That's, that's really great. So the cafe that you started, what kind of yeah. food? Yeah. What were you doing there? Oh, it's funny. You know, you make me think. So we were on a kind of a little side street that was a locals street. And mostly it was all pre-prepared food, sandwiches, salads. We had a big, beautiful curved glass Italian deli case. And you walked in and there were big, beautiful ceramic bowls full of pasta salads and green salads and bean salads and a big pile full of sandwiches and things like that. So it was all mostly 90% all pre-prepared. So it wasn't cooked to order anything. Amen. Thank God. You mean Um, pre-prepared by you? Like you weren't yes. buying pasta salad from someone. No, no, no. You were making no. it and then selling yeah. it for people to take yeah. home. Um, no, or eat there. Either way. You know, we had maybe 20, 30 seats and then another few outside the oh. little patio. Yeah. But one day, so you say, what kind of food did you serve? We we had, so we had a lot of regulars because we were sort of on a local street and um, there was a guy who worked kind of across the street. He was an architect and he came in every day for lunch, every day. And at one point he said, God, I've lost like, you know, 10 pounds since I started, you know, coming here. And we were like, mm, okay, whatever. Uh, and then at some point he came in and he walked up and he said, you know, I finally figured out what this food is. It's girl food. Uh, uh. <laughs> And I guess it sort of was. It was like where I would want to eat every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's what food it was. So do you think like back then you were being creative and playful with flavors? Yes. So that was 29 years ago that I opened my cafe. That's a long time. So I also sometimes I think back on it and I'm a little embarrassed, like, oh, my God, did we really do that? But, you know, I'm 30 years more educated in terms of what tastes good. And the world is 30 years evolved in terms of its expectations. But yes, we we, we did a lot of playing and a lot of fresh herbs. Fresh herbs to me are important. Make, a, make, make things seem fresh, but also have much more depth and dimension of flavor. So a lot of fresh herbs. Try to be creative. It's interesting you, you say it like the embarrassment over the other side. Because, <laughs> you know, I well, you have this too. They're in our books, they're on our, our sites, and you go back and see these older yeah. things sometimes and you're like, what was I thinking? <laughs> totally. But I don't even know. Like sometimes I'm looking at it and I can't tell if the food trends and things have yeah. change and it just seems weird to me now or was it actually my inexperience and it was weird like I'm really there's a right I think it's like asparagus with mint and pistachios or something that I've got and I don't know actually it doesn't sound bad now but it seems there was there's a <laughs> phase something. I get it 
I think it's kind of come and gone, possibly, because that's, you know, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. But it's this very strange, like, oh, wait, is this weird because our palettes have changed or because I was inexperienced? So, so you're playing yeah. with flavors back then. And what do you think it is about you when you're creating a recipe that makes you, like, good at figuring out those flavors, at developing that flavorful recipe? That's a great question. To be honest, I think the main thing is I just, I really, really like to eat. Like eating is one of the best pleasures in the entire world, I think. But like, I don't have a limitless number of calories available to me every day. I'm not counting calories, but you get my point. And so I like, I just really, especially if I make it, like I want everything I eat to taste, just make me so happy, like down to my toes, like, oh, yum, every bite, right? And if it doesn't do that, then I'm like, you know, hey, I'm disappointed. So I think that's the first thing is I, I think I, and if you want to be a recipe, you have to really like want things to taste good. And um, so then if I'm disappointed, then it's like, okay, then the next step is like, now I got to be a sleuth about why, what's missing here. So like you make something, you think it's going to be, I wish I, I want to think of a great example, but like lemon bars, you're making lemon bars and you're tasting it yeah. and you're like, oh, this is not as amazing. What is the next step? Like, what are you doing? So for me, it's definitely a process, like a conscientious process, almost the first thing salt. If there's not enough salt in your recipe, everything else that you put in there is not doing the job at it that it can. Mm -hmm. So there's no point in trying to figure out what else to put in there, like, you know, like throwing stuff on top of stuff, right? So so the first thing is salt. And the, the easiest way to find out, does it need salt? Take a spoonful of whatever it is, put a few grains on it and eat it. Mm -hmm. If it tastes better, it needs salt. That's brilliant. <laughs> and um, I think people are very, are very worried about oversalting. So like, I'm going to ruin it if I oversalt it. So when and if the salt is as good as, it, you know, where it needs to be, like if, if I put more salt in, what I would taste is the salt. The next Next place that I look is acid, fat, sugar. So then I'm, so what I'm looking at when I'm thinking about that is what's my balance? Am I, is it too sweet? Is it too tart? Does it need tartness? It's really all about fat balancing acid, mm -hmm. mostly in a savory dish, right? Mm -hmm. um, if it's too acidic, more fat, but in a sweet dish, if it's too acidic, sugar usually, mm -hmm. right? So balancing those things. So it's like bright as I want it to be, or it's too bright. Ah, it needs to be tempered. Mm -hmm. That's next it's for salt, acid, fat, sugar. Um, and then and only then, like if I've got those things going on, I'm still thinking like it's gonna, it's tasting as good as it can taste given what is in there. Then the next place to go is, okay, does it want another flavor? Is it too one dimensional? Does it need a little something? Does it need a little herb? Does it need, you know, maybe it's a different combination of acids. I'm using you know, mm. balsamic vinegar, and that's too intense. So, you know, so then I'll think about, does it need other flavors? Or maybe kind of in conjunction, think about other textures. Like, is it, you know, it's a salad, but oh, I wish there was like a nut, a crunch or something, you know, mm. so then I'll think about what else would make that more interesting, more exciting. Mm -hmm. um, but really not even think about those things until all that, all the other stuff is working, salt, fat, acid, sugar is working. And so like, I want to, I want to back up, like, so you just took us through yeah. that process, but like, yeah, at the starting place, like you're making, I don't know what it is, a burger, you're making a salmon dinner, or like you're developing a recipe though, not like for dinner tonight, but you're developing the recipe. Do you kind of just go with your gut and make something first and then start playing with all that? Or do you start in the pared down, I'm just going to put some salted lemon on there? Like, are, do you know what I mean? So yeah. usually as a recipe developer, there'll be an assignment. Like we need three recipes that do X. 
products. So, so even backing up, that's not exactly what you're asking. But the process will usually be that I'll get an assignment and they need three recipes that meet the certain requirements. And so then I will submit ideas for 10 or 12 recipes mm-hmm. for them to choose from. So already I'm in that phase. I'm already saying, you know, this would be, you mentioned lemon bars, so it's in my brain, you know, lemon bars with an orange something, something, and something. So I've already kind of mapped out what this might be. And that's mm-hmm. all based on just, it's been 30 years of, of what I know works and what's interesting. Mm-hmm. And also what, I, you know, I gotta be like, what I'm familiar with, what I've done before that maybe I can put a different spin on or use to satisfy the requirements of whatever this mm-hmm. assignment is. I once had, when I re- started out as a recipe, develop, recipe developer early, somebody told me you have to sell every recipe three times in order to make a living at this. <laughs> uh, like repurposing so it. To be honest, it's oh, I'm going to take that other thing I did before, and I'm going to do a little something. And you know, those mm-hmm. lemon bars that you refer to actually are lemon bar recipe from my cafe. Oh, but wow. I was like, how can I modernize this? It's a plain old lemon bar. Like, let me put in a little something. People are big into exotic flavors these days. And I went through my spice drawer and was smelling things and thinking mm. lemon bar, and, mm-hmm, and that's kind of how I happened on the cardamom. Yeah, yeah, no, I love it. it. It's brilliant. Like I, I've done like rosemary and lemon and like sweet things, but car- I was just like, oh, I have to have this flavor combination <laughs> soon. It needed to happen. Okay, so you mentioned when you are developing recipes for like a brand or somebody, and they're giving you an assignment. Do you have examples? You don't have to tell who they are or anything, but like, because I, I know I've seen some odd ones. Oh, like I think I had one that was like vegan and Korean appetizer like that was kind of where they wanted me to go like do you get that kind of challenge um let's see I'm yes I'm trying to think of an example you know sometimes it's pretty straight ahead but sometimes it we needed to only have five ingredients and one of them has to be green olives you know or something so sometimes like that or you know it has to take only a certain amount of time and you'll have to resort to more convenient things or you know herb mixes or something like that and we're gonna recipe now that involves ranch flavors and uh-huh. I'm using like the ranch seasoning packet which i normally wouldn't really do but that's that's what's working in this situation that really answers your question yeah no i think it does and and like i also like for the magazine work that you've done does that yeah i know i know often you you'd probably be pitching them but sometimes are they coming to you and saying jill we need and you can picture the headlines like if you really five summer recipes for your (laughs) to have with sangria like is that happening Yes. Luckily, I mean, that's a really, that, that only happens once you've worked for them enough where they know they can like, oh, we should have Jill do this. And so, yeah. And I've had, you know, I did a thing for a Bon Appetit that was like, you know, dinner party and, you know, an hour oh. uh, and, you know, three different menus of like this one you can make in 15 minutes. This one you can make in 30 minutes. This one you can make in 60 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, and that's like, okay, hmm, you know, challenging. Yeah, yeah. In fact, once we did 15 recipes you could make in 15 minutes. That was a big assignment, right? And it came in when my husband and I were in Hawaii celebrating an anniversary. So we're like on the beach in Hawaii, like ideating. Like how can we, what can we do in 50? What can we make in 50 yeah. minutes? Because we're a 15 recipe assignment, right? I had to give them 30, 40 ideas. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> that huge. Yeah. But yeah. fun, right? Like that brainstorming part. Totally. I, I I really like, like I sit down, sometimes I have cookbooks open or my own and like, because you don't have to make those things yet. They're just like the, right. the, <laughs> right. the right. fun listing part. What about, okay, I have, I have two things I want to know. So 
cookbook. Is it different when you've done the cookbooks? I mean, that's not assignment based. There's way more room to play. Are you still brainstorming that much? And are you, are you delimited in a similar way? Or is that process different? Well, it's it's similar because to write a cookbook, you first have to write a cookbook proposal and the recipe list needs to be in the cookbook proposal. Right. So it's a similar job of like I would ideate all the possible recipes that could be here and then narrow it down. And then sometimes it's been like, well, as it is with a client, sometimes you get into it and you're like, this one's just not working. We have to make a switch or something. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, like same thing. You talk to your publisher about it. Yeah, but same sort of thing. One thing that, that I found interesting with the cookbooks was that, you know, like when you're working on a six recipe assignment for a client or a magazine, you're thinking of what makes a nice group of six, right? You don't want to be repeating the same ingredients or the same tricks or the same thing. And to think in terms of a book, like a hundred recipe book, it sort of required some mind, mind expansion of, of wanting to not repeat myself. Right, right, right. You know, do, does yeah. every single chicken recipe have sage in it or do I like... <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. And sometimes to be honest, I look at those recipes and I'm like, that would have been better with sage. But I mean, I know there's a reason there was no sage in yeah, it, but yeah, yeah. like looking at it as a specific individual recipe, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that makes sense. Well, yeah, because when it's by itself, it's different from if it's part of this large grouping that makes perfect sense. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm tempted to say, to, like, that's what they say is the benefit of a cookbook, right? Because you could get a chicken with sage recipe online anytime you want. But one of the things about a cookbook is there's a context. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a reason the recipes are here and there's a reason they're this way. And that's what makes them valuable. Yeah, I know that putting makes a plug for cookbooks. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, and also, <laughs> I mean, I know like with I, I can search for recipes, I can use my own recipes, I can. But when you turn to a cookbook, I, I'm familiar. Like if I, if I have a cookbook that I love, I'm familiar with that writing, that writing style, the kind of thing. It's almost like. Yeah. If, you know, if I'm having somebody over for dinner, I might walk towards a certain cookbook. Like, I, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm going to make something from here. And there's just something about mm-hmm. like, it feels like that kind mm-hmm. of recipe mm-hmm. would work. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. I want one more thing I want to ask you. So yes. I know that some of your cookbooks are wine pairing focused. Do you yes. think that part of why you're so good, like, do you have like a really good palate? Like you taste uh. things, you're tasting the wine flavors, the pairing, like all that is just cleaner and clearer for you than other people. And that that's you sort know, of what's happened. I don't, that's a good question. I don't know. There was a period that I worked, I used to work sometimes for a food product development company and um, which was super interesting how you de- develop commercial products, not just let me say recipes development on a sort of industrial scale. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we would, you know, taste things. And this one has like one gram more of this than this one. And this one has two grams more than that. In other words, sometimes we'd be tasting things back to back to decide something. And the difference between them would be minuscule, granular, mm-hmm. right? And I remember one of the first times going like, oh my God, I can actually taste the difference between those two. And I felt really proud of myself. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's my only indication. Do I have a decent palate? <laughs> But I remember thinking that was a good sign. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, but to be honest, I think it's just that, you know, I think it's true. Some people have more, you know, taste receptacles on their tongue than others. But I think also for me, it's just related to that. I just really like things to taste good. So I'm really conscientious mm-hmm. of how things taste. And your recipes are always amazing. There are so many that I go to all the time. I, you know, I tell you all the time, those turkey burgers, they are the best turkey burgers ever, ever, mm-hmm. ever. I love them. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
Oh, no, they're thank so you. good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So good. No, I love your recipe. So I, th- I think you've got something. I think it's well, palate creativity, all of that stuff. I want to say thank you so much for being a guest on the show again. I always love talking with you. Me too, Christine. Thanks so much. You're inspired now too, right? I know you are. Definitely go check out Jill's site, jillhoff.com. That's J-I-L-L-H-O-U-G-H.com. And also hit that subscribe button at the bottom and you will get so much more delicious stuff from Jill. She means it, right? Like you could just tell she wants everything to taste good and she makes sure it tastes good for all of us who are making her recipes. Now, Jill is based in California and California has popped up in my world in another way recently. And that is when I got a beautiful review of this podcast from Janice in Sunnyvale, California, over on Apple Podcast. It's five stars. And Janice says she's been listening almost daily for six to seven months. She loves it. She loves my Canadianisms. And well, she just says a whole bunch of really, really nice stuff. Janice, thank you so much. You totally made my day. Actually, I think you made my month. It was just so nice to see your comment. Thank you so much for leaving it there and for all the nice things that you said. And I hope that your comment will inspire more people to leave comments and ratings over on Apple Podcasts. That's the best way to do it. Spotify lets you do some star ratings on podcasts, but I think Apple is the place that it works the best. So if you listen on Apple or if you have an Apple phone, an iPhone, and you can go over to the Apple Podcasts app and leave a rating and review, I would really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Janice. I really appreciate that you're out there and your kind words. Now, let me update you on what is going on in my kitchen and my cooking world. On the site, you are being treated to a whole lot of tri-tip right now. I'm obsessed with tri-tip steaks. They're this kind of like almost roast size, two to three pound thing that's called a steak, but really it's sort of more like a roast. Think of it more like skirt steak or flank steak where you cook a big piece for a bunch of people and like slice it. Anyways, I'm obsessed with tri-tip. And so this week up on Cook the Story, the perfect pan roasted tri-tip is going up and the how to cut tri-tip. There are videos to go with both of those on the site and they have been circulating on social media as well. So I'm sure you've seen those. I just love it. If you haven't tried it before, look for tri-tip, get some, cook it up. You are in for such a treat. And I will be telling you more details about all of those things on this show starting next week, it looks like. I'll be doing the how to cook tri-tip, how to slice it, and then some grilled tri-tip, a really great marinade. And then coming later on is the Santa Maria tri-tip sandwich. So flavor in there. You're not going to believe these sandwiches, guys. And then as to what am I cooking in the test kitchen this week, there is a lot going on. I'm doing a braised beef shank that actually I've already made and tested a few times, but I didn't love the pictures that I took last time. So I'm redoing those pictures. The honey dill sauce that I told you about from Manitoba, that is getting its final test this week. The pork loin brine is all done. I have one more round of pork tenderloin brine testing to do. And I'm embarking on the world of short ribs and trying to figure out the differences between the English cut and the flanken cut and then how best to cook them. They seem to come in a variety of different ways, different kinds of ribs than I expected. So I am doing a whole bunch of learning and research to go with this cooking as well. So there is a lot going on in my kitchen 
this week. And on the podcast this week, we are doing some really nice things. Meatless Monday, my favorite way to cook eggs, is on for Monday. And then we are celebrating the start of August. Yes, that is happening this week. I'm not kidding. We're celebrating that with some summer squash, a green goddess salad dressing, and National Watermelon Week is also this week. And so I am celebrating that day for sure with some really great tips. I think you're going to love it. So that is all of my tasty news. I hope you're having a great weekend. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to do what Janice did and head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave that five-star rating and review. It really helps my podcast grow, helps more people find me. So I really appreciate it when you do that. Thanks again, Janice. I'm really happy that you're enjoying this show. Thank you so much to Jill for being an amazing friend and an amazing guest and for inspiring so much every time I talk to her. I will be back tomorrow with another recipe and then every day with one after that. And I will be back next weekend talking with a fermenting expert. That's right. It's going to be wonderful. So don't forget to subscribe to Jill, jillhoff.com slash subscribe and head over to Apple Podcasts and leave that review. I'm Christine Pittman from cookthestory.com, thecookville.com, the all new chicken cookbook and from this podcast, Recipe of the Day. I hope you have a great weekend. Let's get cooking. <laughs>